Beautiful Anonymous is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. The holiday season's here, guys. So are holiday savings. In honor of Black Friday, Podswag is offering some amazing deals on products from all your favorite podcasts, including this one, okay? Be one of the first 100 orders. You'll get free shipping on your entire purchase or take advantage of one of Podswag's other amazing offerings, including 30% off T-shirts and apparel, 20% off accessories like socks, pins, totes, 25% off esoterica items like stickers, glassware, posters. And guess what? The beautiful anonymous versions of a lot of that. We got our T-shirts. If you if you got somebody who loves the show, they don't have the Sorry Sally T-shirt yet. It's a beloved. I love going out on the road seeing people in that. We got the pins, beautiful anonymous pins. Very cool. We got the posters. We got You can get my book. Whatever you want. Whatever you want. It's all happening on Black Friday at podswag.com. That's P-O-D-S-W-A-G.com. Hello, citizens of the universe. This is beautiful stories from anonymous people. One phone call, one hour. No names, no holds barred. Rather go one on one. I think it'll be more fun, and I'll get to know you, and you'll get to know me. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Beautiful Anonymous. My name is Chris Gethard, and I thank you all for listening. I feel very, very lucky to be here in your ear right now with all these other weird empathists that also want to spy on other people one hour at a time through audio means thank you for tuning in lucky to be a part of it and uh yeah i don't know why i'm always plugging stuff at the top you guys just put out an album get it on vinyl treat yourself to a christmas present on giovannirecords.com who cares about that last week's episode uh you guys were so nice about so many people who just genuinely wanted to look out uh, for the caller, a lot of people giving advice on how they dealt with their head injuries. Who knew that the beautiful anonymous audience uh, had such a high percentage of head injuries? Because in the beautiful anonymous community on Facebook, which you should join if you're not in it, so many people saying, I also had a head injury, which uh, it seems like we have a really, it shows very friendly to people with head injuries. We had uh, Mackenzie saying, go see an optometrist, saying she was in a similar place. And seeing an optometrist actually helps. So I thought, caller, maybe I'd pass that on from last week. And there was one that made me laugh so hard. Um, Ella said, like Chris, I'm scared of the ocean too, and I'm from a place surrounded by it. Hawaii is definitely where the best beaches are, but there's too much going on for me. Aha, I almost drowned at the calmest beach ever, Koalina Beach, if anybody knows where that is. Ella, to be scared of the ocean and born in Hawaii, that's a... Uh, that's a tough break. So sorry that you're dealing with that. You can see all those comments and many more in the beautiful anonymous community on Facebook. And thank you guys who all participate there. This week, we're bringing you a uh, a live episode that I did at Fest in Gainesville, Florida. I want to give you some context on this. Um, we, we at Fest, So Fest is a punk rock festival every Halloween weekend. It's not, it's the first year they did any podcasts and uh, it's real DIY, do it yourself. Showed up there, the sound check was tough. We had to call Jared back in New York and say, we're trying to get all this equipment to work. 
And uh, it was a whole rigmarole sound check. Took like 90 minutes. It was terrifying. The other podcasters were mad at me because mine went so long. Anyway, we pulled it off. But it, it, here's a cool thing about it that you, I think will just made me happy. We didn't do any call screening. We couldn't. We didn't have the personnel and the equipment down there to actually screen the call. So we just had to click talk on one of these thousands of calls that came in and just go with whatever happened. And this is what happened. It's a call that I was really psyched about and proud of. It's a, uh, I will say this, we've done many live shows at this point. And here's why I love this one. Nobody has ever embraced the fact that there's a live crowd there and that she can freak out that live crowd more. She really milks the crowd. There's a medical student who uh, <laughs> lets us know what it's like to get down and dirty uh, in, in that world. And uh, you'll hear the crowd <laughs> both enjoy it and treat it like they're watching a horror movie together at times. It was really fun. Also, my parents were there. First ever taping that Sally herself attended. So much love to you. Sorry, Sally, for everything you witnessed. Especially, the the beautiful anonymous taping was great. I really should apologize. She attended the Gethard show, the live Gethard show fest. That one I apologize for. It was really nuts. Anyway, you guys are so kind, so nice. Chris Gethard show on True TV. It's wrapping up. One more episode, I believe, when you hear this. Anyway, thanks for supporting all my stuff. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the call. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hey, how's it going? This is Chris. This is Chris. Yeah. Hi. Um, it's very nice. Hello? Yeah, very nice to talk to you. Before we even get into it, I want to warn you. Like, um, th- this is one of our live shows. I'm right now at Fest in Gainesville, Florida. So there's about 120 people in the room with me, but they're all very cool and nobody's judging. So don't let that, it's going to be just like a normal conversation. But if you hear people reacting, I wanted to let you know there's, this is one of our live shows. Cool. Okay. Hi everyone. See everybody's super nice. So uh, that's that. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Today's been a good day. Well, that's a, a layer. That answer has a lot of layers on it, huh? Good for now. Today's been a good. Well, that's first of all, that's good. That's good that today's been a good day. Is it? it you make that. That makes it sound like that's not the usual case. Uh, no, most days are pretty good. Today's just been productive and fun. So yeah, that's good. That's great. Productive. Yeah. How are you? How am I? I'm feeling really good. I'm uh, in the middle of a music festival. We did a show last night. And I'm very tired. It was a very fun show, but had to really uh, travel was nuts. And, but it's nice to like see people. Also, my family is in town for the, at the same time as a punk rock fest. So it's kind of like those are a couple like sort of balls to keep in the air. That <laughs> It's like, oh, I got to duck out on the punk fest to go get uh, lunch with my parents and their friends at Steak and Shake. It's been one of those days. It's been one of those days. Very fun day. Very fun day. Uh, yeah, so I'm good. Good. That's awesome. Family is always the best when they're in town. I think so, too. I think so, too. Yeah. 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 So what makes your day fun and productive? Um, well, it won't sound fun to you because I know you hate school. Um, but I just had a really productive day studying. I'm still in the library. Uh, I know. I just learned a lot today, but I got to study with some friends, watch some YouTube. It was good. So, okay. And, oh, no. Yeah. And, and what? And what? I mean, I'm, I'm a second year medical student, so that might answer some of your questions. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, 
And I feel like I'm finally learning medicine instead of just learning like biochemistry, like memorizing like inane facts that nobody cares about. Like I'm actually learning about diseases that I'll be able to help people in the future instead of just like learning general science. So it's actually really exciting. Well, that's cool. What kind of medicine do you plan on doing? Good question. Um, I have no idea. I know things I'm interested in, things I'm not interested in, but um, hopefully I'll figure that out third year because that's when we do our rotations in the hospital and, you know, actually get to work with patients and work with doctors and do all of our rounds. And so I'm planning on figuring that out next year. Do most people wait until that they're in the rotation to figure out? Is that the standard thing? Because that to me sounds like it's... Yeah, definitely. Oh, that is. Okay. Because from the layman's perspective, that sounds way late in the game to just yeah, figure it out in I the know. hospital. But that's just how it goes. Yeah. It's because, at least for me, like there's so many specialties in medicine that I didn't even know existed. And so how would I know that I like it until I like work in it for six weeks or whatever. That's, so it's kind of like you get little trial periods of all the different careers, which is cool. That's cool. What are the types of medicine you're just finding out about that you're like, whoa, trippy type of medicine, dude? Um, well, there's a new-ish in the last like five years. It's called interventional radiology where like you're a radiologist, which the stereotype is, you know, like you're in the basement and you're in a dark room. You never talk to any human beings. Um, but interventional radiology is more like you get to do procedures, so you get to do like cardiac catheterizations and like inject dye into the heart and see how it's pumping. So it's like a little bit more hands-on. Um, also like maternal fetal medicine, where you're kind of like an OB-GYN, but you're at high-risk pregnancies and stuff. And then like childhood drug abuse, that's like a new specialty that you can get a residency in. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know about trying any not of those. to make it sound too boring. <laughs> no, I mean injecting dye into a beating human heart is not boring. I can promise you that. That's a high. That's yeah. high okay, stakes good. stuff. That's high stakes stuff right there. Is that? Yeah. So that's something you hear about it, and you're like, yeah, maybe I want to get down on that. Maybe maybe I want to just like inject stuff into hearts and see what happens. Like that's something you. That's like an actual possibility in your life that you might do. Yeah. Totally. That's cool. So you're not looking for any of these like slow-paced, sedate types of medicine. You're not looking to be some podiatrist. Well, you're looking to be in there where it really goes down, where the action really happens. Maybe. I also think primary care is amazing. You get to build relationships with people and families over a long period of time. So instead mm -hmm. of like, you come in, you have a problem, I fix it, I never see you again. It would be nice to like, go to your grocery store and like see your patients and get to talk to them and like actually like know people. I think that's really intriguing too. So literally I have no idea what type of medicine I want to wow. do. I like that you're- I'm pretty sure I don't want to be a pediatrician though. Uh-huh. So that's one thing. Not down with screaming yeah. kids. The parents, no offense to any parents, but my mom was a pediatrician and she was the best doctor ever and she's the greatest person ever but she couldn't handle the parents after a while just because they can be really annoying. <laughs> now, can like, I... your kid is fine. They have a cold. You don't need to bring them to the emergency room like five times in one week. Now, can I tell you, I was the nightmare patient for a pediatrician. I hated the doctor as a kid, Dr. Smalls. Uh, he, I, I feel okay saying his name because he has to be dead by now. He has to be. <laughs> He's very old when I was a child. He has to be. I don't think uh, Dr. Leon Smalls, RIP, I assume. Uh, <laughs> 
I was the nightmare. I hated shots so much that I, I used to, uh, like, in my underwear, because, you know, you're in, you're in your tidy elbow. He's as a kid. He'd go to give me shots, and I'd get up and scream and, like, throw stuff over. And I would, start, I, I would like, try to run. I would try to flee and escape out into the waiting room. But this was even when I was older, like, the tail end of when you see your pediatrician, like, 13, 14 years old. So the younger kids would see me, and they'd think something was really wrong. And I remember one time getting a shot from him, and I used to listen to uh, Walkman to try to get through it. And I was so old that I was already listening to Less Than Jake. And I was still at the pediatrician. So I was at least 14 or 15 years old and still behaving that way. <laughs> That's okay. The doctor's scary. Yeah. I hate going to the doctor. Really? Now, here's a question. Yeah. When you say that radiologists have this reputation for being like people in dark, dank basements who don't talk to any, I didn't know that about, I didn't know there were, oh. radi- I didn't know there were like uh, doctor stereotypes within the doctoring community. Are there any others that stand oh, out? totally. Yeah, what are the others? Oh, yeah. Um, dermatologists are like perfectly like prim and proper. They're also super rich because dermatologists get paid a whole bunch. Like they're the ones who like, they're dermatologists, so their skin has to be perfect, so they're perfectionists. So dermatologists um, are kind of like the waspy doctors. Yeah, definitely. Okay, and okay. And then ortho surgeons, so like orthopedic surgeons, they're the bros. So they're like the jocks that you went to high school with that actually ended up really smart and became orthopedic surgeons. I will say calling out who the jocks are gets a good cheer at a punk rock festival. <laughs> they're the bros, they're the jocks. The punk start cheer. It All- sounded like someone sneezed. But I think that was the cheering. See, that's the medical school in you. You're always trying to diagnose. Yeah. You're always trying to diagnose. Like, bless you. <laughs> so orthos are the bros. Dermatologists yeah, are prim and friends. proper. Radiologists are subhuman cellar dwellers. They dwell in the... Yeah, di- vampires. W- vampires. Radiologists are vampires. What, what else do you learn? <laughs> what else do we learn? Who else is out there? Anybody else? Um, I mean, neurosurgeons are just like... Very smart. Yeah. The and very serious. Yeah. Yeah. Although I shadowed a neurosurgeon last year and he always played Jack Johnson in the OR. <laughs> I heard the last of that. <laughs> this is like a whole, I feel like you're giving us like a, it almost feels like you're in Hollywood pitching a show, like a workplace comedy about a hospital. <laughs> We're, you're like, and then you got the radiologist. He's a real mysterious creep, but he's got a heart of gold. Like, it sounds like you're like pitching characters in a show. Yeah. Well, I think that's very nice that you're aiming to help other people and that you're aiming to do something innovative and cool in the, in the effort to help. Well, thank you. Oh, I'm trying. And your mom's a doctor, too. It's kind too. of crazy to think that in two and a half years, I'll be a doctor. Yeah, cutting people open like, and stuff. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> in, it's true. In two yeah, and a half years, you scary. might cut open. Yeah, like, there, it, like, there is a chance you become a heart surgeon, and in two years, you're cracking open someone's sternum and touching their heart with your hand. Yeah, probably a little bit more than two years. Interns don't really get to do that. They mostly <laughs> just, like, hold suction. But I'm glad interns don't get to do that. At least be in the room. I'm happy. I'm happy to hear that. That interns don't yeah. get direct access right out of the gate. That's good. That's good. Yes, definitely. Was your, was your dad <laughs> a doctor we'll too? too? You said your mom was a doctor. Is your no. dad? No. What's he do? Uh, my dad's a college professor. He teaches 
business and statistics. Why'd you say business like that? Because I find it very boring. You did. You just and judged I your dad so much. I love my dad so much. I love my family. They're the most important thing in my life and always will be. And my dad talks to me about work a lot. And I'm a really good listener, but honestly, it like all goes one year and out the other. And he knows that, but like, I don't really care about like supply chain management and commodity centered logistics, but I'll still listen. Yeah. I don't care about any of that stuff either. <laughs> yeah. Medicine is much cooler. Yeah. I, I, I mean, when, when you start with, you know, injecting dye into a human heart, sure. Yeah. You're starting with the exciting stuff. So that's cool. So you take yeah. after your mom. You take uh -huh. after your mom with that. That's interesting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So are your days, is, it, is your whole life just school now? Is it just medicine, just school? Um, it definitely takes up most of my time. Honestly, first year of medical school, I probably watched more TV than I ever have in my life. <laughs> so like Netflix is a really good friend of mine because I just, it wasn't as hard as I expected it to be first year. And that I, okay. So saying that just now, like is going to make me seem like a total jerk and like a really stuck up, like, I don't even know. I hate that. I just said that, but honestly it wasn't too bad. And you know, I had to study a lot, but I also watched a lot of TV and finished a lot of shows. What was, what show, what shows got you through the first year of medical school? Oh man. Uh, I watched a lot. So I probably watched The Office through for like my 10th time. Parks and Rec. I started White Collar. I finished White Collar, to be honest. West Wing. I started that from the beginning. A little bit older. Loved it. Which one was that? Um, what? I didn't hear the last one. West Wing. Oh, West Wing. West Wing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a lot of like baking shows, like the Great British Baking Show. People keep telling me about this show. You just got to cheer. I love this show. People keep telling me that there's, it's a baking show where it's a contest, but no one's competitive and everyone's just nice and shares the ingredients. People tell me it's yeah, like... Yeah, they're so sweet. It sounds so boring to me. My wife and I have been thinking about it. People keep telling us to watch it and then we'll go to turn it on and I'll just, Hallie will just turn to me or I'll turn to her and I'll be like, it just sounds... What is, what is so fascinating about watching nice British people help each other bake? I don't know. It's basically how you described it. I've definitely fallen asleep a few times, but it's just like, it reminds you that like things are sometimes easier than what you're going through right now. And sometimes people do help each other. You know, it's not always cutthroat. And especially since all of the American cooking shows, it's like, cursing and like yelling at each other and like trying to win but the british people are just so sweet and like i okay so i love old people and there's always like one or two like old grandmas or grandpas baking and they're always my favorite and it just like makes you feel good inside because you get to watch like food which is great and you get to watch like people baking and they're happy and they're sharing it's a great show you should give it another chance <laughs> So, so first year medical student, let, let me ask you, like, at what point, cause, and I don't know if you've even gotten there yet, I'm, I'm, I'm an ignorant person, I don't know, like, at what point, like, I would imagine in medical school, at some point, you're, like, working with cadavers. Is this true or false? Oh, yeah. How early into your medical school are you, like, spending a day in a room dissecting a, a deceased human body? So, 
Uh, I'm a little bit atypical, so I got the opportunity to do that in undergrad. Whoa. So, Whoa. so I've done it twice. You've done now. it twice. So there's been two different yeah. times in your life where you've dissected a human body and then maybe gone home and watched delightful older British people sh- <laughs> share uh, brown sugar with each other. That's your life. You had a day like yeah. that. I may or may not have listened to episodes of Beautiful Anonymous while currently dissecting a human scapper. Oh no. Really? What episode? I don't know if that makes you dislike me, (laughs) but it's just, you know, like a Friday night, you don't really want to talk to anyone, you just listen to some podcasts and like clear some fascia. Fun, good time. I am into it. I promise you. Do you remember what episode of this show you listened to while dissecting a dead human body? Um. Oh gosh, yes. I remember I listened to. So it would have been last November, December for my first year of medical school. The uh, black sheep. Bipolar Anglican. The bipolar. Black sheep. So if the bipolar Anglican Black is listening, they can know that their conversation yeah. was heard in the ears of someone who was what type of medical? Yeah. What what were you performing on the cadaver while listening to my podcast? I mean, I think it was thorax, abdomen, and pelvis. So I was probably like cleaning the intercostal arteries or something like that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love that. And also the yeah. one the one with um Method Man, I think, too. Oh wait, the right? The TV show? The like special one or whatever. Wait, with Method Man? Yeah, maybe. No, he maybe was Maybe I made that up. He was no, he was on the TV show. He wasn't on the podcast. Okay, never mind. I'm getting confused. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Time all blurs together in medical yeah. school. You know what? You have better things to worry. If there's one thing you're going to remember from your lessons cutting apart human bodies for the service of, of mankind, I hope the things you're remembering are the actual lessons you need to learn and not who was on my dumb fucking podcast that day. <laughs> Sorry, Sally. Sorry, Sally. I don't think it's dumb. I love it. It brings people together, and I appreciate what you do. Well, thank you so much much what's the most surprising thing uh we don't know as people who have never done it cutting apart a human body what's the thing that would surprise us the most fat is everywhere whoa it doesn't matter like if you're a skinny person or a fat person like fat is legit everywhere it's not like there's a layer of skin and then a layer of fat and then like a layer of muscle and organs it's like there's there's fat everywhere like in between like the tiniest things, like I don't want to get too graphic, but like in the eye socket, so much fat. Like in between like a vein and an artery, there's like a layer of fat. It just, it really makes you want to like eat healthy and like work out because like there's so much fat in the human body and it's disgusting and it's like so wet, has a very distinctive smell and it like seeps through your gloves until you go home at the end of the day and your hands just smell bad. When you get home, your roommates know you're home before you even say hi so they can just smell you when you walk in the door. I have to say, I love that you just said all that. It was, that, that is an incredible answer. Thank you for it. Also, I love that you said that at one of our live shows. Um, 
because I was able to look into the eyes of this audience and know which of these people liked horror movies growing up and which didn't. Because half the people were just like totally like, oh, why did you say I suck at fat? And other people were just like jumping for joy. So thank you for that. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Yeah. So that's it. Okay. So you can. Okay. But I, I don't want to just talk about the body stuff. What, what like a uh, percentage, like how well, because I know, I know when you're studying something so heavy duty, you have to be focused. You have to sacrifice a lot. You have to put most of your life towards it. What percentage of your life would you say it takes up? I don't know it necessarily if people in their, their, uh, entering their third year, right? Third year of medical school. I don't know if they're known for having mm-hmm. the most well-rounded lives. Would you say you have a well-rounded life or is this the bulk of it? This seems like a real good time for us to take a break. See, I'm jumping in the middle. We tease it. You want to come back for more? We'll get back to the conversation right after this. The holidays are just around the corner, and if you're anything like me, it's so tough to get gifts. You don't know what to get your family and friends, right? You already got them everything over the years. Well, thankfully, Canvas Pop makes it easy for you to turn any photo into the ultimate personalized gift. They can even turn Instagram and Facebook photos into gorgeous, high-quality canvas art or custom-framed photo prints. And best of all, ordering is super easy. I just went on canvaspop.com, live-chatted with Julie and their customer support team, it's that easy. Walks me through the process, helped me pick the best size and framing option. Even received, You receive a proof of what the print's going to look like before it's even sent to print. So if you're looking for a one-of-a-kind personalized gift for a loved one, check out Canvas Pop. They're giving all beautiful anonymous listeners 50% off with a minimum order of $100 with code BA50 at checkout. Just visit canvaspop.com. Get your order in now. I have some items from Canvas Pop. They are very cool. They are high quality. I was so impressed. I opened up the box and I was uh, so impressed with how they came out. Be sure to order by December 17th to guarantee your beautiful print before the holidays. Don't forget to grab another for Mother's Day. Make it truly special for her with Canvas Pop. Got mine recently. Love it. You're going to love yours too. CanvasPop.com. We all need to take a little bit better care of ourselves. And you've heard me say it a million times, mental health. It's not an exception. I'm a big advocate for taking care of your mental health. That's why today's sponsor, Talkspace, the online therapy company, makes it easy to connect with an experienced licensed therapist that you pick based on your preferences for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy. You can send your therapist text, audio, video messages, even do a live video chat. Talkspace therapists are fully licensed and go through a rigorous screening process in addition to thousands of hours of supervised professional training. You guys have heard that a big, big part of my year has been coming forward, getting vocal about therapy, about how much I support it. So many barriers of entry, so many reasons to not do it. Talkspace is a very, very good way to give it a shot. See if this one's for you. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com slash beautiful. And as a special offer for our listeners, you can use coupon code beautiful to get $30 off your first month. Show your support for this podcast. That's coupon code beautiful at Talkspace.com slash beautiful. Talkspace, therapy for how we live today. Let's go ahead. Let's get back to the phone call. So would you say you have a well-rounded life or is this the bulk of it? Well, so second year going into third year, like you said, is really hard because we have a test at the end of April and it basically like determines if you like what specialty you can or cannot do. It's like if you don't score like 
a 230, like you can't be a surgeon. So it's super important. And so like I'm starting to study for it now and so are most of my classmates. So no, I don't really have a well-rounded life right now because I'm trying to study like most days, like most of the day, every day. Yeah. Wow. So there's nothing you're not yeah. getting. And it covers everything we've learned first and second year, which is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You can't mess around with that. Can't mess around with that. Yeah. Now you were saying. And I want to do really well because one, I don't know what I want to do, but two, I want to go home for residency because I'm not, I am from the best state in the United States and it's not New Jersey. So I'm sorry, but I am going to medical school on the East coast. And while I love the East coast and I've learned a lot, people here are so different and so interesting. It's a great place to go to medical school. I want to do really well on this exam so I can go back home for residency because I just want to go back home. It's awesome. It's where my family is. It's the best state. So, so it, my motivation to study every day is to see my family. Is it, so is it the people who score the best kind of get the first dibs on that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What state are you from? If you're going to shout it out so much. Yeah. I'm from Colorado. Mixed and... reaction. <laughs> Mixed reaction from the okay. live crowd. An early wave of people. Here's what I sense from our live crowd. Just, you know, you said Colorado. Here's what I said. A, a, uh, uh, a divisive state. I've been to Colorado. I've hung out in Colorado a bunch. I think it's a, I think it's a great state. I think it's a fine state. I will say the um, western half of Colorado is, uh, I, I once drove cross country. You'll like this story. Western half of Colorado. Drive, driving during the day. Dusk hits. Most, it's like the most beautiful, uh, you know, just the most beautiful landscapes I've ever seen. I'm just out there in the middle of the interstate. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is blowing my mind. Night falls. I get to Eastern Colorado. Worst. Yeah. It's the worst smelling place I've ever been. Oh, yeah. There, it's like, you know, in The Lion King, where he's like, Mufasa is to Simba, like, that, like, dark place over there is, like, where we don't go. That's, like, Aurora in Eastern Colorado. <laughs> Look at that. Well, I, I woke up. It's funny. I was driving in the middle of the night, so I didn't know. And then I, I woke up in the morning and realized, oh, a lot of cattle farms in eastern Colorado. And they are very close to the mm -hmm. highway. They are very close to the highway, it turns out. Yeah. Um, but Colorado. Okay. Yeah. One quick thing about Colorado. I know you had the phone booth on your show in Denver. Yeah. And like, everyone was just high. And all people ever talk about, about Colorado is how weed is legal there. And that really rubs me the wrong way. Because there's also rock climbing. It's not a big thing. There's also rock climbing. Yeah, rock climbing's awesome. The outdoors is awesome. I-70, Rocky Mountain, like Stanley Hotel is super cool for all those horror people that like that at your live show. Is that where, we, I think that's where yeah. we went, right? Yeah, Hallie's here. My wife's here. We went there. I just I was just up there yeah, Estes Park where the shining was filmed. Yeah, I was up there at that hotel. Freaky hotel, man. Yeah. Yeah. Colorado's awesome and there's so much more than just marijuana. <laughs> yeah. So people in Colorado fair to say getting real tired of being the weed guys. Yeah, it's like what about Washington? It's legal there too. You never pick on them. Listen, if there's a one, if there's any type of person that's not going to sympathize with your state getting picked on unjustly, it's a guy from <laughs> New Jersey. 
I'm sorry. Okay, I got no sympathy for this. My whole life, I just hear that I grew up in a trash heap. And I say, well, you're only looking at one third of the state. The other two thirds is actually lovely. It's actually lovely. Okay, that's fair. Now, let me ask you this, and I'm not asking you to talk too much smack, but you let us know about like different stereotypes of the different types of people that become doctors. Are there, is there any type of doctor that from the outside of the medical school world, we wouldn't know like, oh, those are the people who kind of phoned it in in medical school. That's how you get into that kind of doctoring. Um, it's hard because like, yes and no. So like, primary care and like internal medicine are definitely like you can get low scores and still do that but great people still go into primary care medicine you know Uh uh so you're either in primary care because you really want to do that you want to be someone's point of access into the medical field or you do it because you didn't score well and that was your only choice that's a very diplomatic answer (laughs) well done yeah i was telling the truth yeah, no, you're you're being very honest. I was hoping you were gonna be like ENTs, dumbasses. Like I was hoping it was gonna be something <laughs> like that. So smart. ENTs, ENTs very smart. Has like the highest board scores for the ears, nose, throat. Yes, like so high. Like you need to get a like ninetieth percentile score on your board to go into ENT, <laughs> which I did not realize until I got to medical school. Like at high, like up there with like the neurosurgeons. Yeah. What? Equivalent to neurosurgeons. You're yeah. telling me ear, ear, nose, throat doctors are at, up at the top of the class with like the heart surgeons and brain surgeons. Yeah. All right. Public apology from me to ear, nose, and throat doctors. <laughs> the number of anatomic structures from the neck up is the same number as the number of anatomic structures from the neck down. Wow. So Everyone. That's why. Follow-up question, anatomic, does that mean anatomy? Is that anatomic structure means like a a, a crucial fundamental piece of the human body experience, that type of thing? Yeah. 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 Looks like I could be an ENT over here. That reminds me, one of your episodes fairly recently, uh, you were talking about like the heart and like someone, the caller had, um, a family member who had like several coronary arteries that were blocked, like arteries to the heart. And you were like, how many arteries are on the heart? And I don't want to sound mean, but I literally laughed out loud because I'd just taken my cardiology final the day before. And I thought it was so sweet. <laughs> I hope that didn't sound mean. <laughs> no, it, it, it's weird. It's one of those things with me where it wasn't mean at all, but I somehow still felt my feelings slightly hurt by it. <laughs> But yeah. ask anyone who loves me. That's just part of the deal with me. It's okay. It's okay. Um, how, just to refresh, uh, how, how many? How, I forget again. Was it four? I mean, there's four big ones, but there's probably, there's like 12 in total. Okay. But only four of them get like blocked and like cause a heart attack. Okay. Tell me this. Yeah. M- Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. Nose in the books. Late nights at the library, getting ready for this test. You want to go back to Colorado? You want to be able to pick what you do down the line. That's great. Sunday, even Sunday, you got to refresh. You got Monday coming up. But Saturday, the, there's three or four hours on Saturday where you're not thinking about this stuff. What do you do instead? 
Um, watch Netflix. Ah. <laughs> uh, Wow, it really is as simple as that, huh? Does that ever, I, I, mean, is, yeah. I, I mean this in a non-judgmental way, is that just, it's the state of the world for you right now? It's like you're in your own version of boot camp or does that bum you out ever? Sometimes it bums me out. I'm definitely an introvert. So watching Netflix is like typical for my breed of person. Uh-huh. Um, but sometimes it's sad because like I also live in the dorm and so, you know, I live in, like, a 10-foot by 11-foot, like, box. And, like, it's two blocks away from the library. So sometimes I don't even, like, walk farther than, like, three blocks in a day, which can be really sad. And I'm alone, and I miss my family. And my friends at school are great, but sometimes it gets really tiring just talking to medical students all the time. And, like, I forget children exist because I never see children. I just see, like, 25-year-olds all the time. You forget children exist. So there are there times. Yeah, because all you do is like talk to other medical students and like go to class and learn from doctors. So there's times like where you'll have to go to the supermarket and there'll be people of different age groups there and you'll just feel like uh, you've landed on the surface of a different planet because these things aren't real. Yeah, children definitely. Old people, elderly people. Um, I see them a lot because we work at a primary care office once a week and the main population is like geriatric and I love old people, but sometimes I'll see like a four-year-old running by and I'll just be like, oh my God, it's a tiny human. <laughs> I can't imagine how you feel about things like dogs then. Yeah. Well, we actually have once a month, our medical school brings in like therapy dogs because they know that medical school is stressful. And so all of the medical students were like free to go and pet the therapy dogs once a month. So I get a good amount of dogs. Wow. And do you go, do you partake in the therapy dog petting? Um, yeah, sometimes, definitely. They also have like candy and food. So free food, I'm, I'm there. Yeah, I'm going back and forth on this one in my head because I'm like, it's doctoring. It is high pressure. There might be times where you're in an emergency room and someone's on the brink of death and you don't have the, the choice of relaxing. So you have to know how to work in high pressure, high stress environments. Then there's also a part of me that's like, if a school is structuring it in a way where they have to bring in dogs for you to pet once a month, is there any way they could maybe restructure that where they're not pushing you to the point of breaking? Or is that necessary to be a doctor? You have to get pushed to that point to know that you're not going to break. Yeah. Well... One thing that medical schools did, I don't know when, but pretty recently, is we don't get grades. We just get pass-fail, uh-huh. um, which is really nice because, like, all of us have type A personalities, and we would want to get 100%. But since it's pass-fail, you're more focused on just, like, learning the material to learn it instead of learning it to get a good grade. Yeah. So it could be worse. I could get grades. That would make me more stressed. You're not chasing those numbers anymore. You're just trying to really soak it in. That's good. Yeah, trying to actually learn stuff so I can help people in the future, not learn stuff to get a good grade. I think that's beautiful because you mentioned this early in the show and I've been hesitant to go into it because my parents are here and they both hate when I say this. I applaud you for what you're doing because if you put a gun to my head and said, hey, you have to go back to grad school right now, <laughs> I honestly think I'd say, pull the trigger. <laughs> I'm not going back to school. I still have anxiety dreams about school. It was not good. It was, it was, it was a, a useless endeavor. And I wasted so much of my dad's money. 
and he's here today, and I just feel bad. I took a, a slate of ludicrous courses, and I only say that to say that I applaud you for diving in so deep and uh, being better, better than me at life. Because if everybody was like me, you just have uh, 98% of the world's population would be uh, uh, podcasters. We wouldn't have any ENT doctors with the anatomical, yeah. with the anatomical structures, you know? Yeah, you got it. Thank you. You got the lingo down. Thank you so much. The fact that you applauded me on him, that genuinely made me feel good. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) So do you have any question about what the outside world is like? Are there any things things about the outside world that I I can fill you in on? Because I'd be happy to do so. Oh, man. You're in Florida? Yeah, currently I'm in Gainesville, Florida. Yes. Gainesville, Florida. Cool. Yes. What's up, Florida? <laughs> yeah. Yes. If there's any things you want to know about um, that are happening outside of medical school, I'm happy to help try to fill you in. Oh, man. I don't even know what question to ask because so far it's all been, yeah. you know, blood cancers for the past week. <laughs> That's what you've been studying for the past week is blood cancers. <laughs> yeah. You just spent a whole week studying blood cancers and now you're on the phone with me. Yeah, I am in the library. Like, I am no longer studying right now because I am talking to you. Really, there's a there's a, a party that the, the like you're. This is this is one of the bigger breaks you'll give yourself. Well, after this, I'll probably go eat food and watch Netflix. So you're the beginning of my Saturday night. I would love it if I looked into this and found out that you are not in, not in fact a medical student, but in fact this was a, a evil subversive advertising by Netflix. <laughs> Yeah. I would love that. I, I would love that. And <laughs> you were just like, yeah, I'm probably just going to go watch the confession tapes. It's a new Netflix documentary series about, you know, forced, concess- forced, forced confessions in the law enforcement uh, industry. And if not, David Fincher has a new series out right now. It's <laughs> Netflix exclusive. I'll probably go check that out, you know. We could talk about Netflix, Chris, yeah. or I could just keep going on blood cancer. What do you think? Maybe Netflix, huh? Netflix is some good stuff. <laughs> I can talk to you about my family, too. That's one thing that I like. You know, people always are like, I'm going to talk about this when I call in. But then when you call in, you just kind of like your mind goes blank and you're like, hi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how I, yeah. Yeah, I just take what you throw at me, you know? Um, so wait, do, yeah. how, do people, uh, do, do kids in medical school, like you spend weeks studying blood cancer. You must see people, people must drop like flies, right? There's people who must exit. Like you can't, that's depressing. People must get depressed. Oh, Yeah. Depression in medical school is a huge thing. Um, and everyone knows it. And so you support each other. We have like wellness uh, advisors who send everyone emails and like gives us chocolate. And so it's getting more well-known. Um, but I honestly don't know how you could go through medical school and not be depressed sometimes. I feel bad because my whole... Here's... I, I, I don't know if anybody else here in this, in this room with me feels like this, but I'm feeling really bad because I feel like anytime I go to a doctor, here's exactly what happens is I'm like, oh, I got to get my, I got to find my, I got my insurance card. And then, oh, and now they're 15 minutes late. I'm, I showed up and I, I was here on time and they're 20 minutes late. And they show in, I got a million complaints and I don't ever slow down to think that like every single doctor that's ever been there has lived a life where for years they were provided chocolate and friendly dogs. <laughs> Just to get to a point where they could even be legally certified to try and help me. 
<laughs> and I walk in just the most, yeah. in, the biggest ingrate where I'm like, fix me so I can go. <laughs> I think that's okay. Well, you're awful nice. So that's the thing. Sorry. Yeah. You just may have heard the crowd react. It's because <laughs> the lights just turned on to a brightness of a thousand suns. For no yeah. reason. The lights just became brighter than a thousand suns. Uh, but it's okay. It's actually added a nice tone to the room. We've got 24 minutes left. If you oh, my to... gosh. Yeah. No, I feel really good. This you... has probably been really boring for everyone, just talking about medical school. Yeah. No, I think, yeah, I think uh, someone just yelled, very interesting. Okay, good. Yeah, I think you're doing good. Yeah, we've barely, like me, we've got a whole packed out room. I think maybe one or two people left, and I think one of them came back, and it was a bathroom thing. Other... Okay. Yeah. That's Other good. person probably wanted to go see like a Fleetwood Mac cover set or something like that. You know, it's fest. There's a lot of things to do. A lot of things to do at this festival. Uh, so I think someone just said that's later. I think someone just informed me that that's later, actually. Uh, that's okay. That's okay. So what's uh, in 24? Okay, you got a room full of people. You got me on the line. But you, you can get more stuff off your chest. We can just distract you from the studies for a while. You could tell if you want. I will say, when you were telling us about the dead bodies and which doctors are the, are the weirdos, everybody was pretty into that. Any other, any other things you've had to do as a medical student that you're like, oh, most humans will never have to do this and good for them? Yeah. Um, I mean, if you want like some gross stuff that I've had to do, I can definitely tell you some of those. Okay. All right. You don't want to miss the rest of this conversation. You've made it this far. Don't walk away now. Look, we got to take a quick break. That's how the world works, okay? We'll be right back. Just the other night, sat down on my couch, turned on TV, but it was different than it used to be because I got the Sonos hooked up to the TV now. And I can't eat. I, I, I'm, I, I'm glad they keep uh, having these ads because it gives me more chances to tell you so genuinely from the bottom of my heart how much I love Sonos, listening to things on Sonos. Things just sound better on Sonos. Your music, your podcast like this one, you're going to love it. Listen to all my stuff on Sonos. Sonos One is out now. That blends great sound with Amazon Alexa, that easy-to-use voice service. So you got hands-free control of your music now, okay? And... You, do, you use your voice. You're cooking, okay? You don't even have to go to your app for the phone now. You just use Alexa. You're cooking. Hey, Alexa, turn the volume up. I love this song. In the shower. I'm always listening to my Sonos in the shower. Alexa, shout over the sound of the word, right? Alexa, turn it up. Sonos One. This thing is no joke. It's backed by a pair of Class D amplifiers and custom-built drivers, so the sound is face-melting and pure. And since Sonos is continually updating with new features, services, and skills, your music, your voice options, everything's going to keep getting better over time. I could not be happier my Sonos system. You guys can hear that. That's very genuine. And now Sonos is offering the listeners a beautiful anonymous 10% off one order of $2,500 or less for any product on Sonos.com. So offers available for a limited time only. Can't be combined with other discounts or promotions. Use the promo code STORIES10, that's capital S-T-O-R-I-E-S-1-0 at Sonos.com to receive this offer. Thank you to all our sponsors. Super cool of you to get on board with this one. Let's get back to the phone call. Some gross stuff that I've had to do. I can definitely tell you some of those. Okay. All right. Um, okay. So 
one gross thing I had to do like with a cadaver is so we wanted to like bisect the pelvis because the pelvis has a whole bunch of stuff in it and it's really hard to like see because obviously it's in like a bony cage and so you want to like cut the pelvis in half and then you like cut across so like basically you're like removing the entire leg so you uh-huh. like once you're done bisecting the pelvis you just like are holding a human leg right so that gives you some imagery but in order to do that you have to like cut the sigmoid colon and the rectum because you're cutting down midline and so you want to like prep for that and so you have to cut the rectum tie it off super glue it to make sure nothing gets out because it's code brown that's gross um but then like that little you know like four inches from where you made the cut in the rectum like the outside world there's like still stuff in there so my group was all like, ew, that's gross. And I was like, fine, I'll do it. So we get a spoon and you like go from the outside and just like scoop out all the poop that's left in the end of the tube. So I did that wow. before you cut the pelvis in half. Wow. 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 <laughs> I, lo- I mean, you're setting the bar. If I'm like, any, you ever want to tell any more gross stuff? And you're like, oh, cut a human leg off a dead body and then scoop poop out of its rectum with a spoon. <laughs> setting the bar yeah. really high for the first one. Setting the, bar, yep. s- setting the bar really high. That sounds awful. What do, you, wait, what do you mean super glue? You super glue it? You, well, you, you, like, you like tie it off with twine and then you super glue like the little end that is like on the other side of the... It's almost like making a sausage. Because you don't... Yeah, you want to super glue it. And I super glued my glove to it the first time. And so that was bad because I had to like rip my glove off and the super glue came off. So we had to re-super glue it. You have accidentally glued gloves to a human rectum is what you're telling me. Yes. Also, fat and like flies up all the time. And the first day in undergrad, when my friend and I were dissecting, I flicked a piece of fat into her mouth. So that happened. Sorry if anyone thinks this is awful. You have nothing to apologize for ever. This is the best live episode of this show that's ever happened. Awesome. <laughs> cool. Yeah, lots of cadaver stuff. Um, we always like plan to prank each other, especially around Halloween. But we were all too nice to actually do that. Although I did lock someone in the freezer once. Um, Why'd you do that? Cadavers need to be in a cold room, right? Because, yeah, I know. You know, they need to stay cold. They need to stay frozen. And so my friend was like wheeling all the cadavers back into the freezer. And I was like, how funny would it be if I closed the door? And I told myself it would be really funny. So I closed it on them. They thought it was pretty funny, although I opened it up like 30 seconds later. So they were fine. Oh, you mean your uh, colleague only had to spend 30 seconds locked in an ice-cold chamber full of dead bodies? Oh, oh yeah, that's yeah. fine. That's fine. like 30 of them, 30 cadavers in oh, that freezer. One for each second they were locked in there. Yeah. Great. And but that that's honestly, just... You become so attached to your cadaver. They're your first patient. I spent more time with my cadaver, who we named Sunny, not her real name, but like... 
I spent more time with her than I spent with any living human being in undergrad for that semester. So, like, after a while, it's, I forget what it's called, but you have to remove yourself from thinking it's a real person in order to get the job done. But you always have to remember that it is a real person because that's why you're going into medicine. That's why you're learning. So yeah. it's like a really fine balance that you need to find. Well, here's a question about that that just popped into my mind. As you said, like you have to remind yourself that that's a real person, but that's also the person that you spent the most time with. When you enter this world and it gets to that level and it gets to that intensity, the next time you walk down the street and you pass living, breathing people, does that affect how you're looking at them? Maybe a little bit. I think it definitely has changed how I view death. How so? Mm. It seems like more inevitable now. And I know it's inevitable and that probably sounds stupid, but, you know, being a young 20 something, you know, you kind of think you're invincible, but you remember that you're not. And when people who are important to you in your life die, you are reminded of that. And when you spend all your time with dead people who like made a conscious decision while they were alive, that they were donating their bodies so that I could learn medicine from it. It's just, it makes death like, it's not the end. It's just like, it is the end, but I don't know. And death makes life more meaningful. If there wasn't any death, then life wouldn't mean anything. You just blew some punk rockers' minds. <laughs> That's that I went from gross stories to <laughs> philosophical talkings about death real quick. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it on both ends. But is there ever any time where you like walk down the street and you're like, oh, that person kind of looks like the guy who I accidentally once glued a glove to his rectum. Like, do you ever have that? <laughs> you ever think you see someone you know and I you're like... I definitely have the... If this person donated their body, it would be really hard to separate their muscles. Like that type of thing. <laughs> You'll have that. You'll look at a person and be like, oh, they'd be so hard to cut apart. Yeah. Because it's either like, if the cadaver is too large, you have to get through a whole bunch of fat until you see any of like structures. But if the cadaver is too skinny, their muscles are like so small that like you can easily just like tear the muscle and then it's like, well, there it goes. You don't get to see it, you know? And it's like, everything is so close to the skin that like, just like when you're skinning, you can like cut important things. And so it's really hard. So if I see like a really skinny older person, I'm like, if they donate their body, the medical students who have to dissect that are going to have a rough time. I, I, just on behalf of all of us, so you guys use skinning as a verb, huh? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. There was a real reaction of uh, fear. I heard many whispered people, but skinning, skinning, skinning. So oh, that's no, a I'm sorry. No, I it's forget. fine. And like my roommate in college, my best friend since preschool, like she would go out to dinner with like me and my dissection friends and we would just talk about like how we like skinned the face today or like took out the eyeball and she would just be like, guys, not normal dinner table conversation. You need to stop. And so we would like remember where we were and stop talking. And you guys are just like talking too loud and then there's like a table of comparative literatures major next to you just throwing up into their Fruit Loops. 
Yeah. <laughs> this is some life you're leading. Yeah. It'll only get better. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you're going to help a lot of people, it sounds like. I hope so. That's my goal. My goal is to uh, help people like my mom did. You know, she's my inspiration for doing this whole thing. And I think you mentioned what kind of doctor she was, but it slipped my mind. She was a pediatrician. Uh Oh, yeah. And you said you do not want to deal with parents like she did. Right. But she and so is she retired? Um, yes, I guess she retired, um, when I was pretty little, but she actually died about three years ago. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. Yeah, It definitely does. Yeah. 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 She had uh, brain cancer. Oh no. Brutal. Yeah. I'm so sorry. It's all right. It was very hard, uh, worst year of my life for sure. But you know, I made it. I'm closer with my family because of it. I miss her every day, but I'm doing this for her, and so I can be like her, and I can help people like her. So that's really she beautiful. Was the best person in the world. Yeah, no, that's really beautiful, and uh, you know. I obviously don't know you and didn't know her, but I can just say like talking to you is a reminder to me of how much work you put in just to be able to help us. And I, I, you know, thank you. Thank you for that. Just very genuinely. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. I haven't done a whole lot yet, but thank you. Yeah. I do have to say, and, and, and if this is too much, I might be pushing it too far. If I am just tell me, Hey, I don't want to go there. No, it's fine. Go ahead. Just doing the math in my head. The timing, the timing of that sounds really awful in the sense of you lost one of the closest people in your life. Sounds like within a year, you were also hands-on with, with cadavers. And we've joked about that a lot, but that must have been, that's, that's got to be one of the most mind-warping experiences. Yeah, you are very astute, sir. <laughs> um, that's why my nickname is ENT. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So my mom died in May and I started dissection in August. No. So two and a half months after my mom died, I spent more time with dead people than I did with live people. Wow. Did they just let the therapy dog live in your house? It was really hard. (laughs) Did there, were you, was that, was the therapy dog just your best friend? No, so that was an undergrad, and we didn't have therapy dogs. Oh, how did you do that? I mean, it's funny because you're very soft-spoken, and you've, you've said a lot, oh, I just study a lot, watch Netflix. But, uh, I mean, that just became clear. To, go, uh, to enter a room with a cadaver right after losing one of your parents, you're also tough as nails, huh? Thanks. Um, I try. I put on a good facade. I think it still hurts a lot inside. But, like... School, I've always been good at. And so when I couldn't control, like, how things were going with my mom, she was getting worse. We couldn't fix it, you know? Like, she was going to die, and I knew it. I could go to school, and I could do really well, you know? So I could control that when I couldn't control anything else. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. 
I wasn't particularly good at it, so maybe that's why I didn't like it so much. <laughs> yeah. It's easier to like things when you're good at them. I would say that's true. <laughs> We're yeah. on the same page about that. I mean, that is a... Uh, that's like a short story. That's like a short story the first time you had to walk into that room. You're tough. You're tough. Yeah. And it was... It's, I definitely, like, looking back on it, I was like, damn, like, that was awesome. You know, like, go me. But at the time, it was just, like, the next step in what I wanted to do, so I'm going to do it, you know? Looking back, I was like, shit, like, that's crazy. Like, when I say it out loud, like, damn. Yeah, yeah, that's Sorry, what... Sorry, Sally. No. <laughs> she's... I, I don't think I mentioned this to you. She's actually here tonight. Oh my gosh. Hi, Sally. I think you're great. <laughs> you just gave the most personal sorry, Sally, of any caller ever. Yay. I love that so much. I, like, since my mom is no longer here, I, like, have a weird attachment to your mom because I can tell that you love her so much and she's done so much for you that I really identify with uh, your relationship with your mom. And I think you're great. I think your mom's great. That's really nice. Thank you. I told her I wouldn't bring her up since she was here, but it was a nice... Also, everyone just turned around to try to find out who she is. And she hates that. Please don't bother my mom after the show. I'm sure many people just turned around and were like, that woman looks exactly like Chris Gethard. Like, everyone, we look a lot alike. Um, but, that, no, but it, I mean, I will you say... You all have to apologize to Sally. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she cannot, cannot stress enough to the beautiful anonymous community how much my mom hates that that has become a thing. She hates it so much. Aww. But that means a lot. No, I mean, that does mean a lot. And I do love my mom. And, uh, you know, I, I think listening to this, I bet anybody listening to this who still has their parents is going to take a deep breath and, and say, like, yes, yeah, slow down and make sure you connect with your people while you have them. Um, and it's, Definitely. Yeah. 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 And that everyone's fighting a battle you know nothing about. There's a lot of my classmates who don't know, you know? There's a lot of my classmates who know and still don't know how to talk to me about it. Right. It's just, you never know, man. Do you see, are there students you're in class with who are just plotting, like, I'm going to go make so much money? Do you see, like, that stereotype? Is that true? Because I would imagine that must piss yeah. you off pretty bad. Yeah. Um, there's another, like, yes, that's annoying. That's not why you should go into medicine, although people do. And the other type of person that annoys me a little bit, just to get on my soapbox, is people that go to medical school with the intention of never practicing medicine. Like, you just heard an entire room in unison say, what? I'm a doctor. Why would yeah, they? And then like not be a doctor, just like get the degree, just cut. Why would you put yourself through that? I don't know. Some of them are like, I want to be a hospital administrator. It's like, then go to business school. Like, don't go to medical school. I don't understand why you'd put yourself through that much work and so many things that would cause post-traumatic stress disorder. <laughs> Just as a status yeah, and thing. put yourself $200,000 in debt. That's how much you have to spend on medical school? Yeah, it's $50,000 a year. Oh, my God. They don't charge you a dollar at comedian school. <laughs> you, just, you, you pay in shame. You just pay in shame. You just have to give up all your dignity. That's the cost. That's the cost of being a comedian. No dignity. That's it. 
Uh, <laughs> I hadn't. I had no idea there was a subculture of people who get medical degrees just to say they have them and then move on with their lives. Yeah, it's not many people, but I know of at least one girl in my class who's like, yeah, I'm not going to practice. Like, uh, okay. I do like knowing that, uh, okay is by far like the most aggressive thing you've said in the past hour. <laughs> that was you filled with rage. That was you I'm filled a with rage. Non confrontational person. I have picked up on that. I've picked up on that. You seem very sweet and very nice. Well, we have about six minutes left. This has really flown by. Goodness, it has. It yeah. always does. What's that? It always does. Yeah, yeah. Listening. Like, oh. I do feel honor bound to ask, and if you don't have any more, no need to push it, no need to pretend. I feel like with six minutes left, I do have to ask. You got one more gross cadaver story for us? Uh, yes. I have a gross cadaver story, and then a gross, like, I had to do this a few weeks ago, and it was the worst thing I've ever had to do. Story. Okay, five and a half minutes. Okay, so the first one was from undergrad in dissection. And so the human body is very juicy especially after you like preserve it and so like the gurneys that the cadavers are on they're like metal you know and then there's like a little hole like on one end with like a bucket under it and so the juices you know they'll you know like flop down and like fall into the hole and into the bucket but then the bucket will eventually get like pretty full and so you need to empty the bucket and by doing that we used a shop vac that was like only for human juice and you would have to shop vac like all the buckets and all the cadavers to get all the juice out. And the worst chore ever was emptying the shop vac because like you take it over to like a grate in the floor. I don't, can't remember the real word, but it's like you have to like open the shop vac and it's like gallons of like this gross human juice it smells awful and you like pour it into the grate on the ground and it like splashes all over your shoes and so that was the worst chore was the shop vac was that one okay that is disgusting yeah <laughs> pretty gross and you said that was one of um, two or that yeah. And then the one I had to do like, oh, I don't even know, three weeks ago. Um, it was on, so I work like in a primary care office once a week where we like are basically like pseudo doctors and we like wear our white coats and we, you know, say, I'm a medical student, I'm learning. And you like talk to the patients before the doctors come in, you know, practice being a doctor. And so uh, I'll try to make this short. There was, um, like an obese man and he comes in, you know, I'm talking to him, doing my thing. And then the doctor comes in and she starts talking to him and he pulls out socks out of his pocket. And he's like, Oh, like while I'm here, could someone change my socks? And the doctor looks at me. She's like, yeah, like, Oh, I almost said my name, but I didn't. Yes. Um, she's like, you, do you want to do this? And then like, you don't say no, like you say yes. And so I was like, Oh yeah, sure. And so I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but I was like, not a big deal. And before I like go to take off his shoes, cause he can't reach his feet. Um, she was like, wait, do you want a mask? And when someone offers you a mask, you never turn it down. And so I said, oh, sure. 
And so I got a mask and, you know, she like helped me put it on. I went down, we had to get a trash bag and like cover the ground. And I was like, okay, whatever. Take off his shoes, fine, breathing normally, no big deal. Take off his sock and like the worst smell I have ever smelled. This is coming from someone who once scooped poop out of the rectum of a cadaver. The worst smell I have ever smelled in my life. I almost gagged. I don't know if I've ever gagged before unless like actually throwing up because I was sick. It was awful and just like a blizzard of dead skin falls from the foot into the trash bag. And it's like wet, disgusting, like snowflake dandruff skin. And I have to like take a tissue and like wipe it off. She's like, make sure you get between the toes. I was like, okay. So I had to do that. And it was the worst smell I've ever smelled. It was awful. But at least I helped him. But it was awful. Did you help someone in need? Yeah. Thank you. And applause, I think an applause break in general for an accumulated hour of people appreciating how much you want to help other people. I think that's what that applause break was. Oh, thanks. I can also say I'm 99% certain that from the darkness of this crowd, I heard my own wife halfway through that story go, <laughs> Did I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got, I think it was right around when you said a blizzard of dead skin. <laughs> I heard my wife just yeah. react. In a real bad way. In a real bad way. Yeah. It's gross. Uh, well, in our final minute... Kind I of a rite of passage, I guess. Yeah. I, would, I mean, you have to do so much stuff that I would imagine is a rite of passage. And I want to thank you for filling us in on it. And I want to say thank you again for, you know, working so hard on the behalf of the rest of us and, uh, and, and, and pushing yourself so hard. And I'm so sorry that you lost your mom. And I appreciate all your stories and all your openness today. Very genuinely. Well, thank you. I've had a good time talking to you. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. We've got about 26 seconds left. I'm going to have this crowd count down when it hits oh 10. Gosh. Any last message you okay. want to send to the world? Um, oh, God. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Just do your best, live your life, hold on to your family. And I don't know. I think you're great. And... Florida, you seem really cool based on this phone call. We're good to go. Thank you guys so much for coming to the show. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. didn't think Sonos could get better. And then they put out the Sonos One with Alexa. You can control it with your voice now. It got better. How did Sonos keep making their stuff better? It's already so good. Sonos One blends great sound with Amazon Alexa, the easy-to-use voice service for hands-free controlling your music and more. Use your voice to play songs while you cook or you're in the shower. Even manage your smart devices all using a single Sonos speaker. And for a limited time, Sonos is offering the listeners a beautiful anonymous 10% off one order of $2,500 or less for any product on Sonos.com. Use the promo code STORIES10 
capital S-T-O-R-I-E-S-1-0 at Sonos.com to receive this offer. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous, perhaps the most intense conversation I've ever had as part of this show. And that is a really long story, so I'll get started. <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, <laughs> what a charming setup for something that promises to be one of the grimmest things I've ever heard. I'll get real graphic here, too. Okay, how do I start this? The two of us decided to take on a girlfriend. You, so you entered uh, an open lifestyle sexually? Yes. Um, if you, I guess. I always wanted to do it as something that we try a couple of times for fun. He became obsessed with this and it turned into no she has to be our girlfriend now i have to lock this in because i want her to stop having sex with other people that's next time on beautiful anonymous Earwolf is now on the Amazon Echo. They just released a new skill for the Echo smart speaker called Daily Earwolf. Now you can ask Alexa to play the funniest moments from your favorite Earwolf shows. Just download the Daily Earwolf skill from Amazon Skill Store. And if you're a fan of Hello from the Magic Tavern, and who isn't, you can also download Magic Tavern Adventure. <gasps> that sounds wonderful. It's a special interactive episode we did of Hello from the Magic Tavern where you can affect the choices we make in the podcast. <laughs> I don't think anyone can affect my choices. I want to interactive. No, John, interact. It just means that. Yeah, I want to interactive. Where's the door? So if you're listening to this right now and you want to say, Chunt, I wish you were not having this misunderstanding. You could yell that at your Amazon Echo, and it would happen. Finally, you, dear listener, can help us choose our own adventure. Download these awesome new skills, and remember, you can play any Earwolf podcast right from your Echo. New skills. Time to level up. New skills. Time to level up. Level, level up. I'm bad at being an Echo. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.